Hello and welcome to the Sex Within Marriage Podcast. My name is JD and I blog over at uncoveringintimacy.com about marriage and sex and all that stuff from a Christian perspective. And today I want to talk a bit about responsive desire and how it's actually a good thing, which goes against uh, the feelings of a lot of people, but more on that in a second. But first, I want to let you know about the 30-day squat and kegel challenge that we are doing over at uncoveringintimacy.com. For the next 30 days, we have a bunch of people committing to doing either squats or kegels or both. Uh, The reasoning for why one or the other or both is all posted on the website. You can check out the post there, as well as links to where you can join up. Uh, It's all free. Uh, We're just trying to encourage each other to have uh, pretty much better sex lives. So... If you have an interest, you can still join. We started on the first, so we're five days in, but that's okay. You can jump in at any point. Uh, We're already getting some good feedback from people saying it's already improving their sex lives and their drives and uh, responsiveness and everything. So that's pretty cool. The other thing I want to say, which I always forget to, is uh, if you like our podcast, if you want to see more of it, uh, there are two things that you can do. Number one is go to iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on, uh, rate us, review us. Um, those things help other people find us, which then encourages us to do more. Uh, as well, if uh, you really want to hear more, um, you can join our supporters forum. Uh, you can check that out at uncoveringintimacy.com slash donate. Um, pretty much for any size donation, you can join our support forum and uh we have a great group of people there that are all very sex positive all christian and they're not scared to talk about uh, these kind of things so if you are like me and think that i wish more people would talk about this there's a safe place that's semi-private uh so it's not open to the public it's only open to people that well support us so we know that they're sex positive and we're 80 percent of the way to our next goal uh which will then have me doing weekly podcasts so If you want to hear more, there are two ways to pretty much get more podcasting content from me. Now, with that out of the way, let's get on to the topic at hand. Now, I generally get two types of emails when it comes to the topic of responsive desire. If you don't know what responsive desire is, I suggest reading the post called uh, Responsive Versus Spontaneous Desire uh, on the blog. I'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, The first type of email comes from spouses generally, but not always husbands, who are angry angry and frustrated and hurt and sad, etc., that the person that they're married to never seems to be interested in sex. You know, from their perspective, when their spouse initiates, it's out of duty and or pity, and in short, they feel like they're not attracted to me kind of thing, which often gets translated into they're not in love with me. The second type of email comes from spouses. Um generally wise, but not always, who feel that they're inadequate or broken or confused about the fact that their spouse always wants to have sex, but they don't want it themselves. Um, Usually they enjoy sex when it happens, but on any given day, if you were to ask them, are you in the mood for sex? The answer is almost always no. Um, And those with responsive desire, once they learn about responsive desire, are relieved that they aren't broken. That doesn't mean everything is resolved immediately. Some of them are able to simply flip a switch and learn to be 
open to being aroused rather than waiting to be in the mood, and they go on to have happy, fulfilling sex lives. Others have a hard time adjusting uh, because even though now they know they're not broken, just different, they still struggle with these feelings of inadequacy and anxiety, etc. The spouses on the other side face a similar split. Some accept that their spouses some accept that their spouse isn't broken, but that they just have to adjust and they have to be okay with being the initiator. And then they go on to have happy, fulfilling sex lives. Uh, others have a hard time adjusting to this as well. Unfortunately, when either spouse has a hard time in adjusting, it tends to either hold back the other spouse or actually undo does this whole process. For example, if you have a spouse with responsive desire and you hold on to this belief that I shouldn't even initiate sex unless they want it, even though you know that they will never want it before you initiate, then you start to feel like you got the raw end of the deal in marriage. They feel similar to someone learning to live with a spouse who has a disability. They continue to go through the stages of grief about the death of what they kind of assumed or expected their marriage would be. This tends to make those who have responsive desire feel like they're disabled and broken as well. Either these feelings kind of start over or they get reinforced just while they're trying to break free of them. And these responsive desire people who are often excited to learn that they're not broken, just different, um, start to question it because their spouse is still kind of moping around. They start to feel like maybe they are broken. Maybe they're just fooling themselves. Uh, ultimately, it can be their spouse's lack of acceptance of them as different that actually makes them feel inferior and actually holds them back from learning how to work with this dynamic. So today I want to tell both spouses what's good about responsive desire, whether you have it or you have a spouse who has it. I, I want to share these things so that those who have it can see the benefit for themselves and those who don't can stop wallowing in pity about the short end of the stick that they think that they got. So What's good about responsive desire? Uh, for one, you aren't constantly distracted by sex. Those of us with spontaneous desire, particularly when we have higher sex drives, and by that I mean the spontaneousness happens more frequently, uh, we are inundated with sexual thoughts. I mean, my wife can't walk into the room without some thought about sex flitting through my brain. When I'm with her, it's a constant struggle not to touch her, smell her, feel her, touch her. I just want to be naked with her all the time, even when it's completely inappropriate to do so. And in those times, knowing that if I initiated sex, she wouldn't be up for it, you know, because she's a rational person, uh, it means that almost every day has this kind of undercurrent of unfulfilled desire with a touch of imagined kind of rejection. And yes, many of us know, like myself, that it's neurotic and crazy and we shouldn't feel, in quotes, uh, rejected when we haven't initiated, uh, especially when we know it's the wrong time to initiate, but feelings don't always listen to reason. Now, I do my best to control my emotions rather than let them control me, so I don't walk around in a constant state of depression, but this feeling is kind of always there in the background. The point is, I could probably get a lot more done in my life if I didn't have spontaneous desire. Uh, maybe I would never had to deal with a porn addiction. Maybe I could focus and actually do all the things that I want to do uh, instead of constantly being distracted by sex. On the other hand, maybe this blog and podcast wouldn't exist either. Uh, the point is, you don't constantly walk around with half your brain focused on sex and the imagined rejection if your spouse actually knew what you wanted every time you're in the same room or just 
thinking about them. Unfortunately, I often ruin this kind of for my wife because I'm my own worst enemy when it comes to this stuff. I'm not very good at hiding that I want her. So from her point of view, I walk around all day looking needy, which isn't sexy. And she often feels like she should just be giving in, even though it's not a reasonable time to have sex. And that causes her a fair bit of anxiety, which isn't good for arousal either. So I'm sharing this so that you know that I'm not perfect at this. Uh, We have this dynamic ourselves, and we're still learning to deal with it too. I also wanted to share it so that you can see there are downsides to spontaneous desire. You know, I have work to do on my end as well. The second benefit is that you might get more pleasure than your spouse if you have responsive desire. Uh, It generally doesn't take much to get someone with spontaneous desire in the mood for sex. They're sort of kind of always simmering. Uh, Really, all my wife needs to say is, kind of sex. And that's enough of an initiation for me. Uh, Really, she probably doesn't even have to say the word. She just probably has to give me a certain look. Uh, I'm up for sex anywhere, anytime, kind of within reason. I mean, even if it's inappropriate, I'd be looking for ways to mitigate the inappropriateness of it. Uh, What I'm trying to say is that there's little to no work involved in getting someone with spontaneous desire in the mood generally. And because there's little work involved, they generally don't have to get much more aroused than kind of that minimum required. But for people with responsive desire, it's a completely different ballgame. When people email me and say things like, I don't see why all the activities you write about are necessary, then my guess is that they're having some fairly easy, uh, possibly mediocre and mundane sex where both of them get aroused really quickly and they have kind of this low threshold of arousal that it doesn't really take them much to get going. Uh, For myself, I need a fairly large playbook to work with to account for various moods, types of days, times in my wife's cycle, uh, to cut down on the repetition so it's not too boring or monotonous, and uh, kind of just to override all the like stress and anxiety from having five kids who we homeschool and all the other stuff and the ADHD and whatever else. And I'm guessing many of you have the same kind of hurdles because you buy things like our spice jar and our sexy memory games and things which are designed to help with just those types of stuff. Um, So because responsive desire, people often need um, work to get them aroused. And because their arousal thresholds can change drastically, um, that is how aroused they need to be on any given day. uh, Those of us who are kind of leading sex often tend to buffer and overshoot, which means that those with responsive desire often get to be greatly aroused during a sex session rather than just kind of the bare minimum. And one of the most expressed confusion uh, that I get from husbands that have wives with responsive desire uh, that I get is that they they say they don't understand it because their orgasms looks and sound so much better than their own. Uh, they say things like, how can she not want to experience this all the time? Um, the point is sex tends to be really good for those with responsive desire. I think they're likely having much better sex than their spouses with spontaneous desire. So luckily those with spontaneous desire also tend to love giving pleasure So what they lack in their own orgasms, they tend to gain in being able to bring about uh, pleasure in their spouse, and that kind of gets them off as well. And lastly, uh, you don't have to work so hard at sex. Uh, Spontaneous desire spouses tend to 
put more work into sex. They tend to be the ones doing more of the research. Not always, but sometimes. I know we have a lot of responsive desire spouses who read our blog posts and listen to our podcast. Um, but they tend to be the ones learning about new sexual activities, putting themselves out there when they initiate, when they suggest new things, when they share fantasies and ask for anything outside of the norm. They also tend to be the quote-unquote tops during sex. That is, they're the ones who are giving rather than receiving an activity more times than not. Uh, sometimes this is the penetrator versus the one being penetrated, but it could also be the one doing the spanking or working the ropes to tie the other up or telling the erotic story to get the other aroused, starting the dirty talk, choosing the position, um, being on top in most of the positions, and generally just having to try and gauge the pace of foreplay so that the sexual activities don't get brought up before the responsive desire spouse's brain is ready for those activities. You know, those with responsive desire are often kind of responsible for sex, you know, from before the start to the finish, whereas those with responsive desire often get to enjoy the fruits of the spouse's labor. And that's not to say that responsive desire spouses don't reciprocate during sex or that they're lazy at lovemaking, though my wife admits that she's a recovering lazy lover, uh, or that they won't sometimes climb on top or start talking dirty on their own or initiate sex occasionally. In fact, once they're aroused, many want to see their spouse pleasured. Um, they become active sex partners sharing the experience. But over time, it's clear that one spouse is definitely doing the driving more than the other. So I'm not accusing uh, responsive desire spouses of being kind of pillow princesses or princes. Uh, it's just that their work-to-pleasure ratio tends to lean more to the right, which means that you can enjoy sex with uh, much less responsibility or work. Now, if you're still working to shift your mindset to accept sex, uh, accept that you have a responsive desire, and being willing and okay with being aroused, then there might st still be a lot of mental work to switch gears and stay in a sex-positive mindset without being embarrassed, anxious, or otherwise distracted by sex. Um, changing that takes time for many people, and uh, that can be a process. So hopefully, as you change, you'll see this benefit more and more over time. So those are some benefits for being the responsive uh, desire spouse. But there are some benefits to being married to a spouse with responsive desire as well, um, especially if that responsive desire spouse has learned that if they give in to the flow of things, they can generally have a pretty good time or a really good time, as mentioned above. And if the spouse who's initiating has learned to lead well and how to pace things so that they don't push through certain stages too fast, but they wait for the responsive desire spouse to actually progress through uh, in their response to enjoy things. So the first is that you can pretty much have all the sex that you want. I mean, within reason, sex during church is still not likely to happen and probably shouldn't. But if your responsive desire spouse has a mindset of, you know, I'm willing to be aroused, then the onus is on you to find opportunities and then arouse them. And yes, it takes time and sometimes a lot of effort, but you could have sex more or less whatever you like uh, within those opportunities. The problem most of us have is that we either psych ourselves out or that we get childish and start thinking things that start with, it's not fair. Most responsive uh, spouses like sex. Uh, one of the most frustrating or even infuriating things about spouses with responsive desire is that they will, 
after sex say things like, that was good, why don't we do that more often? Which just makes you want to pull your hair out, especially if you've been waiting for them to want to have sex. But that's the wrong approach. You should never ask them if they want sex, because the answer will likely be no, which you'll interpret as a rejection, and basically you end up rejecting yourself. Instead, you should offer things that you know will start to arouse them, like massages, or brushing their hair, or rubbing their feet, or watching a show that they like, or whatever. Um, Something that makes them feel connected. Uh, Something that starts to arouse them. Something that happens a lot for us is that my wife will say, like, do you want to watch TV? And I'll say, sure, get naked and I'll rub your back. And I should point out that we have a TV in our bedroom. Uh, I know that's one of those things that a lot of people say you should never do. Um, So we're not getting naked in our living room. Uh, I love giving her back rubs. Again, it's more work for me, but I get to rub and touch her body for the next hour and she gets to be massaged. Um, I've also spent time learning how to massage her and uh, bought some really good massage oil. And I've got links to uh, where you can learn to and where you can get good massage oil. Um, This oil also tends to work pretty well as lubricant for sex and it tastes good. So so by the time uh, we're at the end of whatever show we're watching, her body is already fairly warmed up. The point is, I can't complain at all about how much sex I'm getting if the biggest reason we're not having sex is that I'm not looking for opportunities and putting in the effort to get her aroused. In short, you know, I can really have all the sex I want. I just have to put in the work and pick appropriate times. The second benefit is you can have almost whatever kind of sex you want. Uh, Again, within reason. I mean, you shouldn't go pushing through hard limits and things they're not ready for yet or feel morally opposed to or acts that are immoral themselves but that still leaves a lot of activities for most people. If you're having trouble finding those activities, then check out our sex exploration list on our website. The other thing is that for responsive desire people, the activities they're up for can change drastically depending on the context, in particular how aroused they are. So while everyone else will tell you not to bring up new activities in the bedroom, I say that with some responsive desire spouses, there really isn't any other time to bring it up. Because for some wives, for example, oral sex isn't that appealing when they're not aroused. Um, They're not interested in receiving it or giving it or even talking about it. But if you get them warmed up, their interests sometimes change. Some find that they actually like giving oral sex and it might turn them on even more. Some are only interested in receiving oral sex if they're already turned on, um, sometimes really turned on. Uh, The point is that with some spouses, their boundaries are their boundaries But with a responsive desire, you'll find that those boundaries shift completely depending on their level of arousal. So if you want to have some really crazy, exciting, adventurous, but still monogamous sex, all you have to do is basically get them aroused enough. Just a heads up though, um, some responsive desire spouses, wives in particular again, get uh, embarrassed or ashamed of what they like when they're aroused. If you push too far when they're turned on, when they uh, kind of sober up from arousal, they might get a bit upset at you. And this is because the part of their brain that evaluates right and wrong and whether or not something is distasteful or gross or dangerous, etc., is um, severely muted with arousal. And the more aroused they are, the more it's muted. But when the arousal cools, it comes back to life and starts evaluating kind of what they've been up to. So 
some spouses will look back and go, you know, oh, that was really good. I should let go more often. And those spouses will actually appreciate being led where they're afraid to go. Um, the others will go, you know, that jerk took advantage of me, which will seriously hamper your future initiations. Um, the difference depends on both their temperament and how hard and far you pushed. So in other words, uh, know your spouse and you can bend some boundaries, but if you smash right through them, you won't be trusted. But if you go slow and take the time to get them aroused, most responsive desire spouses are happy to be led into an amazingly adventurous sex life. Um, It may take some time. You may have to slowly grow over weeks, months, years, but you can kind of slowly push in that direction and most of them are happy to go. So to wrap up, you know, it's not all fun and games. There are struggles as well as there are with any dynamic. Sometimes you can't manage to arouse someone with responsive desire on a given day. Sometimes they have too many sexual inhibitors involved. Sometimes you just can't um, get enthusiastic about sex, even if you know you like, want, or need it. Uh, Sometimes the initiating spouse just doesn't have it in them to initiate, even though they desperately want sex. But I hope you can see that there are definitely some benefits to having a responsive desire. It's not a disability or a disorder. Spontaneous arousal isn't the right or proper type. They're just different. They each have their pros and cons. If you can learn to make them work together, then you can both have this amazing, fulfilling sex life. It just takes some adjustments on both sides and letting go of some expectations, as well as some guilt and shame. So if you have responsive desire, uh, practice being more open to the idea of responding to invitations for arousal. Uh, If you want more information on that, you can check out the post on our site called uh, Desire Versus Willingness, which I'll also link to. And if you're married to someone who has responsive desire, then practice getting them aroused. Uh, Yes, that takes time and effort for you both, but it's worth it. And that's pretty much what I wanted to say about responsive desire today. Um... If you have any thoughts, uh, you can comment on the blog post on the website. There will be a link in the show notes if you're listening to the podcast. And uh, you can also send me an email to j, that's J-A-Y, at uncoveringintimacy.com. Anytime I accept questions, uh, I've yet to have a question that was too weird or gross or strange or disturbing to answer. Um, I, I will pretty much answer anything that you have to the best of my ability. And remember, if you want to hear more, check out our donate page at uncoveringintimacy.com slash donate. And please give us a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this. That's it for now. Talk to you later.